Welcome to another spectacular word from Pastor Ron Hammonds, Senior Pastor of Golden Triangle Church on the Rock in Southeast Texas. We're so glad you're joining us. For more information about Golden Triangle Church on the Rock Ministries, visit our website, cotr.com. Enjoy the word. Be bold. Go ahead and speak about your dream. That's what our forefathers did 246 years ago. 246 years ago, it didn't look like this. 246 years ago, there were no roads to drive on. Walmart did not exist. And every pioneer that believed in the dream and pushed forward and went, you know, and every soldier and sailor, airman, marine that stood in the, the way of enemies and, and every one who goes to work at a plant and goes to teach at a school and goes to serve at a hospital. Every person has been a part of making our nation what it is today. But I'm so glad our forefathers had a dream. It was very early on a Wednesday morning, 246 years ago. It was on July the 3rd of 1776, 246 years ago today that John Adams, who would later become the vice president under George Washington and then become the second president of the United States, John Adams sat down on July the 3rd, very early on that Wednesday morning, and wrote his wife Abigail a letter. Here's an excerpt from that letter. The second day of July, 1776, will be the most memorable epoch in the history of America. That's right, he said the second. <laughs> it ought to be solemnized with, prompt, with pomp and prayed with shows and games and sports, and guns, bells, bonfires, guns, yes, guns, bells, bonfires, and illuminations from one end of the continent to the other from this time forward forevermore. Uh, he expected July the 2nd to be the day that would be celebrated because that's when the, the greatest agreement, they had all come together and agreed to go ahead and declare independence. But, but the second went on a little bit longer, and in the morning of the 3rd ended up in the night of the 3rd, and, and it went on into the 4th with Congress because Congress was wanting to add a couple of things to this final document before they signed it and sent it to King George. Ultimately, Congress felt that the Declaration needed to not only declare independence, but this Declaration needed to include a dependence. A Declaration of Dependence on God and on one another. And so they added this paragraph. And they knew that this nation could not survive unless we declared our dependence on Almighty God who governs the affairs of men and also our dependence on one another without which we could not succeed. So on July the 4th, 1776, Congress made some changes to the manuscript and then they approved it and they entitled the document The Unanimous Declaration of the 13 States of America. There's something that God likes about 
unanimity. There's something that that is powerful about being in unity. There is something powerful about being in agreement. There is something powerful about standing together. The unanimous declaration of the 13 states of America. The last paragraph of the document you'll find in their dependence on God is mentioned two times. They wanted to make sure that people knew we are dependent. We're not independent. We're declaring our independence from Great Britain, but we are also declaring our dependence upon Almighty God. It is in God we trust. And they said, we are also declaring our dependence upon one another to which we pledge our lives, our fortunes, and our sacred honors. The original document was signed on the night of July the 4th. Only by two people, by the way, John Hancock, Charles Thompson, they are the only ones that signed the original, the one that was sent to King George. The 54 other signers were not actually published and revealed until 1777. And I want you to know that today, the United States of America is still in the same place. We depend on God and we depend on each other. That's the United States of America. Yesterday morning, when I woke up, I felt the Lord impress me. And Saturday is my study day. I am, I am committed to studying the Word of God to get a fresh word from God. And usually it takes me about 10 to 12 hours, sometimes 14 or so. But it is just the day that I love to do this. And, and each morning when I wake up, many of you know the first thing I do is reach for my Bible. It's just, uh, it's, it's just what I do. Uh, uh, and, and, and I enjoy doing it. It's become a, not just a ritual and a habit, but it's become something I look forward to, to see what God is going to say to me. As well, uh, those of you who have known me for a while know that I try to catch my first thought. You know, sometimes God gives me something, you know, and sometimes, you know, it's blank. But, uh, uh, you know, uh, Tuesday the Lord said to me, encourage, be encouraged and encourage others. You know, uh, Wednesday, you know what the Lord uh, said to me on Wednesday? The Lord said, whatever you need to do, do it now. Well, I laid there for a while, kept my eyes closed. I went, whatever I need to do, do it now. And, it, you know, it's just those impressions. It's those bright thoughts. It's those things that interrupt. It's almost like one of those cartoon things that, that kind of, you know, above, you know, the little bubbles. It's in my brain. Whatever you need to do, do it now. I turned it over a couple times because it kind of scared me. I thought, am I going to die? I'm, 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 I'm just being me with you. This is what I thought. And so I tried to change it. You ever tried to modify something that God has said to you? I tried to modify it. I, I, so I repeated to myself with my eyes closed, laying there uh, before I opened my eyes, and I, and I said, okay, whatever I want to do, do it now. And it just didn't fit, you know. It just, it just went. And so I repeated again, whatever I need to do, do it now. Wow. I said, Lord, am I going to die? Is this, I mean, I mean, whatever, Lord, but that just sounds a little bit, you know, you're, you're just freaking me out a little bit here, God, you know. But I knew it was from God. Whatever you need to do, do it now. And normally when God speaks something to me, it's not only for me, but it's something that I tell other people all day long. You know, 
Uh, all day long, I encouraged people on Tuesday. All day long, I encouraged them. And it was an encouragement about America. I'm, I was in Bandera, Texas. Bless my grandson's heart. Uh, ben and Joshua were with me, and we walked into a store, and I'm, I'm carrying around a, a word from God. You know, I've already texted to several people. I've already, you know, and, 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 and there was only the owner and, and, and two other people in the store in Bandera. And uh, wouldn't you know it? I can't help myself. Hey, listen, where are you guys from? Well, hey, listen, I want you to know you can be encouraged. I want to encourage you. I want you to know that you can afford to be encouraged. And I just went on with this thing. And my two other grandsons, my two other grandsons are going, it wasn't that bad, was it? What do you think, Joshua? Did I embarrass you? No? Uh-uh. Did I preach for a while? You were encouraged? <laughs> Good. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I might have preached for, I don't know, seven, eight, ten minutes. I had, I had three people listening. I mean, that's enough, that's enough to preach. And I told them about America, and I told them how, how, what God was going to do and what God was doing. And whenever I started to leave, the man who was about probably, you know, 70, the man said, what? No, he didn't. <laughs> he said, I said, be encouraged. He said, well, I'm encouraged now. He said, I wasn't before you talked to me, before you started talking. He said, I was, you know, uh, he, he, he said he was a little bit sad about what was going on in America. He said, but I'm encouraged now. I said, good, encourage others. Because that's what God has said to me that morning. Well, yesterday morning when I woke up, and it just doesn't happen every morning, but this is what the Lord said to me yesterday morning, waking my waking thoughts. Fulfill my joy. That's what he said. Interesting. <laughs> I don't claim to be the sharpest knife in the bucket, and God has to talk to me in plain English. Okay? But he said, fulfill my joy. So I let this turn over and over and over in my head. Fulfill my joy. Fulfill my joy. What, what, what do you mean by this, God? How, how can I make you happy? What can I do to make you happy, God? Tell me, uh, because this is, a, this is something I'm going to be telling people all day today. I'm going to be encouraging people to make you happy all day today. I'm going to be telling this. I want to know what I'm telling them. Fulfill my joy. And so, you know, when I got it established and rehearsed it enough that I knew I wouldn't forget it because, boy, if I don't do this, I, 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 it'll get along about 10 o'clock and I'll meet somebody and I'll forget what God had, had said to me that morning. I'm one of those guys I have to rehearse it over and over and over and over and write it down to remember it. And what God says is important, but most of the time when God speaks to us, we forget it. We go off somewhere and forget it, you know. And, and so after I'd rehearsed it enough times, I reached for my Bible, opened my eyes, and I read the Word of God. Then I got up, and as I immediately do, I started studying. So I'd studied about an hour, and I could hear Brenda and Pastor Sergey in the kitchen coffee. Pastor Sergey had been up since 5. And, uh, you know, it, uh, communicating with family and friends and stuff, and, uh, you know, because it's a time change there. They're eight hours ahead of us. And so, uh, you know, I, I thought, well, I need to be a good host. I better go in there and say hi, you know. He doesn't need anything. You know, when I'm in, when, when, when I'm in Russia, he's here. We're kind of self-sufficient. We're absolutely okay. But I thought it's kind of rude of me just to seclude myself in my room all day long. I've got a guest. And he only arrived last night. And so <laughs> I should at least say hello. And so uh, I go in and, 
say hi. He's self-sufficient. He needs nothing. And, and Brenda's talking to him, so he's got plenty, of, uh, pl plenty to listen to. And uh, <laughs> so after about five minutes, I excused myself. I said, I'm sorry, but today is my study day. I'm going to go and study. And so, uh, you know, I went back to study. And, uh, 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 and so uh, uh, he's very gracious, by the way. But that phrase, fulfill my joy. While I was studying for today and reading a lot of history and, and, and going through all kinds of things, I, you, you wouldn't imagine all the things that I read in preparation. I, 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 I read up on the gestation period for all kinds of animals yesterday because I realized that our nation had gone through a gestation period prior to birth, you know? prior to it being birthed. There's a lot of history before 1776, which I considered yesterday, and I thought that'd be cool. I could kind of share that tomorrow, but nah, it just wasn't anything there. But I sure enjoyed reading about, do you know uh, some elephants, Asian elephants, like 640 days gestation period? Isn't that interesting? That interests me. Rats, like about 10 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> But no matter what I was studying, I was reading from the Word of God and I was running out trails and reading and doing all the things that I just love to do and, 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 and studying the Word. Uh, every, everything, it just kept repeating my head, fulfill my joy, fulfill my joy, fulfill my joy, fulfill my joy. And so after lunch sometime, I said, okay, Lord, evidently you want me to talk about making you happy. What can we do as a church, as a family, as a community, as a nation to make you happy? And so I went to where I knew this verse was. It's in the book of Philippians in the second chapter. Philippians chapter 2. Let's read it now, verses 1 through 4. Reading from the New King James Version. Therefore... If there is any consolation in Christ, if any comfort of love, if any fellowship of the Spirit, if any affection and mercy, fulfill my joy by being like-minded, by having the same love, by being of of uh, uh, one accord, of one mind. Fulfill my joy. Let nothing be done through selfish ambition or conceit, but in lowliness of mind, humility. Let each esteem others better than himself. Let each of you Look out not only for his own interest, but also for the interest of others. Now this is what the Apostle Paul had written to the church in Philippi by the inspiration of the Holy Spirit that God has preserved through the centuries and has come alive in us. Paul simply says this, if I may 
paraphrase some of these words that you may not be as familiar with. I went back and I studied each one of them in the Greek language to see what was Paul communicating to us. And he is basically saying, if you have ever benefited from or been encouraged are comforted because you are in Christ. If you have ever been blessed or benefited because you are born again, because you said yes to Jesus, because you have come into Christ, if there's any benefit at all and you have seen the benefit from being saved, then the Apostle Paul says this, then allow me to persuade you. Listen to me. By the love of Christ and by the spiritual relationship that we have with each other and by the tender bowels of mercy and compassion that I have for you, let me persuade you to please make God happy. If He has done this for you, there's something you can do for Him. Let me persuade you. If you have been blessed by God, let me persuade you to make God happy by being like-minded. By not allowing yourselves to be divided on issues. By not allowing yourselves to be torn apart. By not allowing yourselves to be at odds and, and in arguments and, and angry and... and, 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 and By being like-minded, by having the same love, by hopefully loving the same things, loving what is good, the Bible says, and hating what is evil. What father wants his family to be divided? God feels the same. What father wants his family to be torn apart? To be at odds, to be angry, to not get along. Because maybe they have some differences or, 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 or maybe they have you know, had some bad experiences. Or somebody did something and, and, and there's no forgiveness, there's no, there's no love, there's no tender bowels of, of compassion, no mercy. Make God happy by getting along with one another. And by looking out for one another. And not only for your own interest, but also to the interest of others. Not just what's best for me, but what is best for my nation. Not what is best for me, but what is best for my family. That's what he's saying. And let nothing be done through selfish ambition. This, this, this Greek word selfish ambition was first written, this word, and it's only found one time, this word was written uh, only by Aristotle. And it means 
Literally, it means contentious electioneering. It means electioneering. Isn't that interesting? It is a political word used in a political setting that has been borrowed from politics and brought into the writing to describe what people do often that brings division. Contentious electioneering. Let nothing be done through trying to go out here and, and, and create divisions and partisanships and factions and be factious. Don't, don't be that way, he says. Let's make God happy. Let's not get all embroiled in trying to win the argument by trying to get a lot of people on our side. Let's look out for their interest. Or conceit. Empty pride. Just because, just because you're prideful about your opinion. You know, you may have an opinion, but don't mistake opinion for truth. Don't mistake opinion for fact. Prideful ambition and contentious electioneering does not make God happy. That's what he's saying. Let me boil this down to tell you today what God wants. He told me yesterday morning, fulfill my joy. The scripture tells me how to do that. I cannot afford to decide I don't like you. And I'm not going to like you. Even if I don't know you. Have you ever decided you didn't like somebody you didn't even know? Because they're old, because they're young, because they're black, because they're Hispanic, because they're Asian, because they're white, because they do drugs, because they're a prostitute, because they're uh, you know, rich, because they're poor, because they're you know, from this city, because they're a Yankee, because they're a Southerner, because, uh, because they're Russian. That does not make God happy. What we must do if we're going to fulfill God's joy, and if we are going to be what our founding fathers hoped we would be, we must not allow the enemy to destroy us. The United States of America is a nation that was birthed by God and has been used by God to spread the gospel of Jesus Christ to the whole world. It is still happening today. No matter what anyone else tells you, let me tell you for certain, the United States of America is a Christian nation. We are a Christian nation. In God we trust. That is the truth. We welcome others to our shores. We welcome every other religion, every other uh, uh, person to our shores. And we, we, we want people. I want people to come to our church who are not like us. I want them to come to our church, especially if they don't like us. Because I want to expose them to the same love of Christ that this atheist found 
whenever he was raised in a country that told him there was no God, whenever he was raised in a country that believed Americans were demons and devils and hated them and could not be trusted. Yet the love of Christ, and yet Christians believing, if I had believed the propaganda about Russians, I would never have sent my daughter. I would never have sent our support. I would never have said, let's do this. What we believe makes a difference. I refuse to believe anything but God. I will not believe the propaganda of this world. I will not believe the enemies of America. There are enemies of America, and then there are people in America who have believed the lies and are only repeating what they believed. Stop believing the lies. Change your mind about America. America is a Christian nation birthed by God. We are blessed by God. If you don't think we're blessed by God, come go with me to some other nations. I will show you. You can't wait to get back here. And almost anybody in the world would trade places with you. And they would appreciate what they have. Appreciate America. Speak good about America. Because America right now still funds, supports, and sends the gospel of Jesus Christ around the world. Oh my goodness. We here are... we. We are sponsoring 72 children just from our church who are in desperate need of food and shelter and clothing and school and medicine, and you are making that happen. And soon it will be 200 children that we are sponsoring. In the year 2023... We are going down to Port Arthur. One of the first things I want to do is to create a place where homeless people can come and take showers and come and wash their clothes and come and hear the gospel of Jesus Christ and to get some food in their bellies because I believe in America. I believe in the gospel of Jesus Christ. I believe that God is not finished with us. I refuse to believe the naysayers. And what we believe makes a difference. Even if we were Nineveh, if we said, bless us, God, and make us a blessing, Lord, here we are, God would do it. How much more? Just please stop believing things you do not know about your neighbors, about people you meet in class, about people you meet, you know, uh, in, in, in Walmart, at work. Start being the one that reaches across and says hello. You watch, there will be a hello back. You might find a very few bad actors, but most of those people have just believed a lie. Prove the lie to be wrong. It might take you two or three times. God might have to send ten people by their path to change their mind, but be one of those people that came from Jesus. Come on, come on, let's be the church. Let's fulfill God's joy 
by being like-minded, by being loving, by being merciful, by being kind, and not out here trying to get what we want above what is best for everybody. If it's not best for everybody, it's not best. Hey, that's my message today. As we're closing, I'll read two more scriptures to you. I just saw them. 2 Chronicles 32. King Hezekiah said this whenever he was faced by enemies. Verse 7. Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or dismayed before the king of Assyria, nor before all the multitude that is with him. For there are more with us than with him. Okay? That's a word from God today for America. That's a word from God today for the church. More there be with us than be with them. And that's not the only time that God said this. And he said, with, with him, with the world, is the arm of the flesh. But with us is the Lord our God to help us and to fight our battles. And the people were strengthened by the words of Hezekiah, king of Judah. This week, every person you meet, I pray in the name of Jesus, they are strengthened by your words. May they leave your presence saying, I feel better now than I did before. I'm going to do this. Just come on now. Pray for those people. Just, just go ahead and prophesy to them and tell them in the name of Jesus, you can afford to be encouraged. God has this. They may sound like a roaring lion, but the enemy has no teeth. Okay? Well, count your blessings, not your burdens. You'll find out you got more blessings then you have burdens, okay? Amen. Hey, thanks again for joining us for another powerful message from Pastor Ron Hemmons. Visit cotr.com and subscribe to our social media platforms to stay up to date. As well, receive more encouraging messages from our pastor and details of the work we're doing both in our community and communities like ours around the world. Today and every day, God bless.